Welcome to the Denver United Church Sermon of the Week. Here's a message from Pastor George Towers. What's up, church? How you guys doing? The end of that video is very intense, isn't it? It's hard to know what to say after it. The it's a lot. So hey, good to see you guys. Uh, we've been in a series uh, that's called The Kingdom of Heaven is Like, and we've been examining all these short little parables from Matthew 13, where Jesus likens the kingdom unto some things that people would have understood in his time and place, and we've been unpacking these and seeing what it tells us about God and his kingdom, and also what it means for us here and now in this place. So we're going to finish out this series today by looking at the last of these little parables of where, where Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like this. So I'm excited. I think God's going to speak to us and encourage us and challenge us and it'll all be fun in the meantime. So let's look at this last parable together. Um, It's in Matthew 13 and uh, we'll read verse 47 and 48 to start. It says again, this is Jesus speaking, again the kingdom of heaven is like a fishing net that was thrown into the water and caught fish of every kind. When the net was full they dragged it up onto the shore, sat down and sorted the good fish into crates but threw the bad ones away. And Jesus is is likening the kingdom of heaven to this fishing scene, saying that something about my kingdom and the way I work and the way all of this functions looks like this fishing scene. And this wasn't the only time that Jesus used fishing as a metaphor. You remember when he called his early disciples and he finds these guys fishing by the side uh, of some body of water and, and he goes up to them in Matthew 4, 19 as he recruits them and he says, hey, I want you to come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I will make you fishing. You will not, from now on, you'll fish for people. And I think the invitation that Jesus gave to his early disciples is the same invitation that he gives to you and I, that in our time and place, we are called to be fishing for people. It wasn't just for them, it was for us. And I think there's something about this parable that shows us what it looks like for you and for me to fish for people in Denver and in 2019. So here's my goal for the next 20, 25 minutes or so. I want to do my best uh, to unpack this parable, try to paint a picture uh, for what I think is going on here, and and talk about what it means for us and what it looks like for us to be fishers of people in 2019 in Denver. So that's where we're going. Does that sound good? Yeah? So the title of this message for the next few minutes is We Fish Like This. We Fish Like This. Would you pray with me? Yeah? Holy Spirit, would you teach us how to fish? Amen. Amen. So, hey, quick disclaimer before we get into this. I do not fish at all, right? Like, where where am I avid? Anybody fish? Like, that's your thing? Yeah, there we go. There we go. That's awesome. I've been fishing, like, twice, um, and it's like that fake fishing. You know what I mean? Where you go to the fish farm, where you pay money, and, like, you're guaranteed to walk away with a fish. That's all I know. And I know for some of these you fishing pros, that idea offends you, right? And I'm sorry. That's just all I know. My dad never taught me, you know? Um, <laughs> see how you just deflect it? Um, so I, I, don't, I don't know how to fish. So, I'll, like, the only context I have in my head for fishing, when you say fishing, what comes to mind for me is going to the fish farm. You pay the man, the, the, you know, the $40. He gives you the, the little the pole and the little plastic container full of bait. You can upgrade, by the way, for like $1.50 to get the worms. I know that because I fish and stuff. So, yeah, so I, in my head, you got that. You got, you got the pole, you got the bait, and they give you this little handheld net and a bucket. And then you walk out, and you find this little, you know, man-made pond where they dump these genetically modified fish into it that are perfectly matched with the bait and they're basically 
jumping out of the water into your bucket. Like it's totally fake. It's totally not the real thing. But even in that context, this is not a, a joke, I could not catch one of these fish. It was so embarrassing. People all around are catching fish by the dozens, and my kids are there. They're looking at me like, Daddy, why can't you catch us a fish? And I'm like, shut up. You know, like, I don't know. Uh, my dad never taught me. Uh, so... <laughs> So I'm just, I say all this to say, I, I don't fish. So when, when I read this parable about this fishing scene, like that's the scene that comes to my head. Fish farm, little bait, little net in a bucket. That's all I picture. I don't know what comes to your mind uh, when you think fishing. Some of you that fish, you're, you're, you have a little bit more background. But I think it's important for us anytime that we approach the scripture, anytime we read something that Jesus said to his followers in a specific place and time, I think it's important that we do a little bit of the work to make sure that the scene that we pull up in our head is the scene that his hearers would have pictured. It's important for us to understand how they would have imagined it, and then we can kind of figure that out for us. So when Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is like this net that was thrown into the sea, it was a specific kind of net that Jesus was referencing. It was called a drag net, a drag net. And there's other passages or translations, but this is what a drag net looks like here. I found a video of it this week. It's this large net, and it has weights on the bottom, right? So the, so the net like, falls to the ground, and they put it in this huge circle, and because the net falls to the ground, it traps all the fish, right, on the inside. So they, they, they shrink the net up, they yank it in um, to the shore, and all the fish essentially get trapped in the net. So this is the scene that Jesus' hearers would have had in their mind when he said the kingdom of heaven is like a net, a drag net that was thrown into the sea, and when it was full, they pulled it up onto the shore, and it was filled with fish of every kind. Like this is the scene, pretty cool, right? Like this is the scene that they would have had playing in their mind. So why this is fresh for us, I just want to make a few observations about this fishing scene, what it looks like uh, to fish this way. Uh, first, I want to talk about the people. I want you to notice the people in this form of fishing. I want you to notice their placement. They're not on the shore, but they're like out in the water. They have to actually enter the environment that the fish occupy. And to do that, they got to like, you got dudes taking his, like his pants are all dirty. He's got his shoes off. No one's out there in Gucci slips. Like they got, you got to take all that off and you got to actually get into the water. And it's not just one fisherman. It's not some lone guy that's like, I know how to do this. It actually is a group community project to get into the water and to be close to the fish. Okay. Uh, and the second observation is the net. I want you to see this net. This is a massive net. This isn't the net that I have in my head, like that you get at the fish farm. That's a hand, like a toy. This net is huge. It's, it's large. It's wide. It's expansive. It's non-selective. It's an indiscriminate net, right? The net just gets thrown out. The net isn't worrying about like, well, what kind of fish do I want to catch? It, whatever just happens to be in that area gets pulled in. So there's this net that's large, it's wide, it's indiscriminate, it's non-selective, and it just pulls in whatever is in the area. So you got the people in the water, you got this large, wide, non-selective net, and when you fish that way, when you get out into the water and you have a net that's wide and large and open, you end up with fish that look like this. You end up catching a whole bunch. Jesus said that the net was filled with fish of every kind. Not two kinds or four, like all kinds of fish ended up in this net. Different species, different size, uh, uh, different quality. All of them were welcome in the fish, because, uh, welcome in the net because the net was so wide that it pulls in like whatever. 
And, and it, it, it was a, it's a diverse catch, right? So you got people, oh, they took it off. They tricked me. You got people, <laughs> love you. They got people in the water. You got this large, wide net, and then you've got a diverse catch of fish. And I think that Jesus' life is an embodiment of what it looks like to fish this way. I think Jesus, the way he lived his life, represents every one of these aspects of fishing this way, that Jesus got into the water of the world. The entire gospel is based on this idea that Jesus did not stand far back. He didn't stand in the clouds and throw down a line and save us from afar so he could keep his shoes clean, right? But no, he gets into the water of the world. He drew near to us. That is the essence of the cross and the essence of the gospel. John 1.14 says that the word became flesh and he made his home among us, right? Like this is how Jesus lived. He got close. He got in. He got messy. He got dirty. He didn't try to stay far off, but he came close. And, and from that proximity of being with us and being with people, he, he ended up being around a lot of people that religious leaders were like, what, you want to, are you sure you want to be with them? He was a friend of sinners. He hung out with tax collectors and pro, all these people that everyone else would have been like, are you sure? you want to be? Pastor Jesus, you know this isn't a good look on your Instagram profile. Like you might want to, but he didn't seem to care. He seemed to be more concerned with being close to the fish and less concerned with keeping his clothes dry. I know we're speaking a lot of metaphors. I hope you're following me today. So, so not only that, but once he was in the water, Jesus in the gospel cast this net that is so wide and so open for everybody. The gospel is a wide, large, indiscriminate net that says anyone who wants in on this, like you're in on this thing. I'm going to quote King James for you because King James is, is good. Y'all know John 3.16 in the King James. It says that for God so loved the Christians, right? Or God so loved the good people. No, God so loved the world, all the fish in the water. He loved so much that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever, whoever, like, you see the wideness of that net? Like, whosoever believes in him may not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 10, 13, the same idea. For whosoever should call on the name of the Lord will be saved. That Jesus cast this wide, large, indiscriminate net. And because of that, you ever notice that the, the catch, the crew of people that Jesus ended up with in his closest circles, how diverse this group of people were? Like, just look at some of his disciples. You've got Levi, a tax collector. You're like, are you sure? And Jesus is like, yeah, him too. Yeah, I want him here. You've got Simon, a, a political zealot trying to overthrow the Roman government. Yeah, you too. Uh, uh, you've got Mary Magdalene, who ha like had all kind of issues, but, but Jesus has her and this other group of women that are following them around, bankrolling the whole operation. Jesus is like, yeah, yeah, I want you in here too. He's got, he, Jesus said, let the children come to me. He's got this diverse group of people all around him, and it's not something that he, like, tolerated. He, he picked them, yeah. right? And I think this shows us that, like, diversity in the kingdom of God is not necessarily something to be tolerated. Like, oh, look at all these fish. What are we going to do? I guess you can stay. No, he picked them. Yeah. It was diverse on purpose, and when you fish like this, when you get into the water of the world and you're close to people that need the gospel and you cast this large, wide, open, indiscriminate, whosoever net, you end up with a diverse group of people, and it's that way on purpose, right? 
right? So I think that what we see here is that Jesus is inviting us as fishers of human beings to fish this way. That us in 2019, that we're called to get into the water of the world and to be close to the fish. And I notice in my own life, maybe, maybe I'm projecting on you, so if this isn't you, just let it go over your head. But I've noticed I can have a tendency sometimes to want to stand on the shore and, like, pray in the fish, you know? Like, God, send the fish. Like, I expect the fish to go all Charles Darwin and, like, stand up and come walking out onto the shore. But, but that's, not, that's not what it looks like to fish this way. You have to actually get out into the water. We are called to be a light in darkness, not a light in a lamp shop. Like, we have to actually get out into the world where people are. But at the same time, have you noticed that sometimes, I've been this way before, where we're like, we want to be such friends of sinners and be out among the people that we're just out in the water with no net. You're like, well, I just want, you know, don't, don't try to mess with my flow, man. I'm just trying to be, these are my people, and, then, you know, I hang out with them, and, you know, Jesus hung out with sinners. And it's like, bro, you've been friends for 20 years with them. Do they even know that you're a Christian? That we're called not to just get in the water, but from that position of being in the water, that we actually have to, at some point, begin to cast the net to begin to say something and to cast the net in a way that's compelling like Jesus did. That's not for one group of people or this type of person or the person that has all their stuff together, but it's for a whosoever net that we are called to get into people's lives, to get into the water, and at some point to also bring our net. And it's not a, it's not a solo project, and that's why I love this, is that to fish this way, it was a group of people. That, that you're not the, the lone ranger trying to do it all by yourself, but we do it as a community. That way we can come back to one another and pray for one another or support one another. But we have to get in the water, and we have to cast our net. And if we fish that way, we're going to have a diverse group of fish in the kingdom of God. And that's what I love about this church. Like when you just look around on any given Sunday, this is what a diverse catch looks like. And I think God's put us here at this time and place to do more of that and exemplify more of that in the kingdom of heaven. So... The second part of the parable takes place on the shore. And I want to read this to you. Um, it says that when the net was full, they dragged it up onto the shore, sat down, and sorted the good fish into crates, but threw the bad ones away. That is the way it will be at the end of the world. The angels will come and separate the wicked people from the righteous, throwing the wicked into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do you understand all these things? Yes, they said, we do. Now, this is the part of the parable where, like, I get, I sweat. Like, I'm nervous now. It's awkward, right? You got Jesus using this apocalyptic language. Like, at the end of the world, that's the way it's going to be. There's going to be these, these, these fish that are sorted and the wicked and the righteous and burning and weeping and gnashing of teeth. And it's all this imagery. And you're like, whoa, like, this is a lot. And then here's my favorite part of the parable. Verse 51. Um, after saying all of this to his disciples, he asks them, do you understand all these things? And they're like, yes, we do. Now, if I could edit scripture or just do like a, a staple something on, I would add in, no, you don't. Like, how do you, he's just laid out all of this stuff, and he's like, do you understand all these things? And they're like, yeah, we got it. Like, no, you don't. These are the same group of people 
that would go on to ask dumb question after dumb question for the next two years, and then we're still talking about it 2,000 years later, but you got it. We understand all these things. Can we give it up for the disciples? Because they got it all. They got it all figured out. <laughs> Praise God for you saints. So like, here, here's my point. Jesus gets into this scene that's going to happen at the end of the world. And I would just like to submit to you that there's a whole bunch about this scene at the end that we don't know. Okay, And even within like mainline evangelical churches, there's different ways of interpreting and understanding the mechanics of how all this plays out. So there's a whole bunch, if, we could, if I could just submit that to you, there's a whole bunch we don't know about what Jesus is talking about. right? But here's, here's a couple of things that we do know that we can see from this passage and from the Council of Scripture at large. That One of the things that we do seem to know is that at the end, something happens. Something happens where justice is served and evil is judged and separated and there's no longer space for evil and injustice in God's kingdom and in God's good world that he is restoring. Like we know that from this passage that it, something happens. How that plays out, I don't, I'm not 100% sure, but something happens. And here's the other thing that I want to spend a couple minutes on that we also know about this. And I want to read it to you again. Jesus says, that is the way it will be at the end of the world. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous. Who does the sorting? The angels, not the fish. It's not like some chief fish stands up out of the net and says, oh, wait, this is, I've been waiting for this. I'm going to sort out all the good fish from the bad fish. So the one thing that we know is that something happens, and one, it's not our job to figure that out and to do that sorting. But have you noticed that, like, I spend, there's something in me that loves this. I love to sort people out. Am I, don't, don't, don't do that, y'all. Y'all looking at me like I'm the only one that tries to go around in my soul sorting out good fish from bad fish. One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Hashtag Dr. Seuss. Like, you know, like, there's something in us that loves to label and to categorize and to judge the good fish from the bad fish. Now, here's what I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about good and bad behavior, right? There is totally space in the kingdom for my brother to come to me and be like, yo, you're acting like an idiot right now. Get your stuff together. We're not talking about behavior. We're talking about the nature of the fish. When the fishermen would, would sort this way, they would often sort them like into good, like the ones that were able to be sold or eaten and the ones that weren't suitable, those type of, those type of categori categorizing is more about value and purpose. So, so, so sorting in this way is, is, is not surface behavior stuff, but it's more like core. Like, is this a good person or a bad person? And there's something in me that really loves to do this, right? Like, Con well, Kanye, you know what I'm saying? Like, he good fish because he's there. Oh, hey, well, you heard the last album. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think he's in Like, don't we do this? And I think the invitation that I just heard the Holy Spirit speak to me as I was thinking about all this, and I'll just say it to you the way he said it to me, so whatever, if it's harsh, it was to me, not to you. Um, but I felt, I felt God tell me, like, you know you're both fish, right? I was like, dang. Because you ever notice whenever people draw lines between good and bad, we're always, we always happen to be on the right side of the line. We're always the good fish identifying the other good and bad fish. But gee, I felt like the Holy Spirit told me, like, you know you have both fish in you? You know you're both? Like, 
I have a lot of good that's forming in my life and a lot of fruit of the Spirit that looks more and more like Jesus. But if I'm being honest, I got a whole bunch of funky fish swimming around in my soul. I've got some anger. I've got some pride. And and instead of, because there is something in us that likes to sort. So I want to give us an alternative. Instead of sorting externally, why don't we take all that energy, all that desire, and just sort internally? Like sort ourselves so that whatever is in us that isn't fit for the kingdom of God, Jesus is inviting us, why don't you sort that out now so we don't have to do that later? And in Matthew 7, verse 3, you guys know this, but Jesus says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly enough to remove the speck from your, from your brother's. Let's sort ourselves. And I think the invitation from this entire parable, and it probably means a million things, but here's a couple that I think it means for us today, is that whatever happens at the end, that's, that's then and there, and it's not for us to figure that out. So I feel this invitation of God just saying, will you just get out of the bucket business? Like, you can just turn these in, okay? Let's, 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 let's resist the urge to try to sort and label all the fish. Let's, let's surrender our buckets and let's focus on fishing. Let's surrender our buckets and focus on fishing. Judging is for Jesus. But fishing, that's our job. That is for us. And here's the reason why that's important. Because in the parable, it says this again, the kingdom of heaven is like a fishing net that was thrown into the water and caught fish of every kind. And then it says, when the net was full, they dragged it up onto the shore and sat down. That in this parable, we see this desire, I believe, of Jesus for his net and his kingdom to be full. And until the net is full, our job is not done. As long as there is room in the net, we need to be focused on sharing the gospel with as many people as possible, casting a net that's wide, that's indiscriminate, that's open to all, getting into the water and making sure the net is full. This reflects the desire of our God to have a full kingdom and a full net. And as long as there's room in this church and there's seats in this auditorium and there's people in Denver that do not know Jesus, our job as fishers of human beings is not done. We need to focus on the fishing and get as many people as possible to encounter the love of Jesus. And we need to fish the way that this parable describes, to get into the water of the world, to be close to the fish, to cast a net that's wide and indiscriminate, and to celebrate the diversity of the catch when we fish this way. Now, I was talking to a friend of mine after uh, the service last night, and he was talking about how, like, yeah, like, this is good. I love that. Um, but, like, this is where it gets foggy. Like, what does that mean? Like, how, what does it mean to get in the water? What does that look like? Does that mean I, like, get to know my neighbors, go out to dinner with my coworkers, or, like, go to Lincoln Park, come to out? What does that mean? And this is where some of these things get a little bit foggy. Like, what does it mean to cast the net? Does that mean I invite people to church? Does that mean I, like, look for opportunities to share my testimony? Does that mean... And I think that his questions were amazing, and it made me think. And, but I also think it kind of re- reflects something we talked about a couple months ago, is our desire to want this thing like, just tell me exactly what to do. 
And I spent a lot of time thinking about how to close our time and how to invite you into that and give you some ways that you can get in the water and some ways that you can cast the net. And just felt the Holy Spirit say, like, um, I'll, that's my, I, hey, I can do that part. So instead of ending with, like, application points of what that looks like for us, I think this is what we're called to. I think we're called to be light in darkness and be in the water and get in the world and cast our net. But instead of me trying to tell you what that is, I just want to give you two application questions that you can ask the Holy Spirit. Like, I want you to ask God these questions, and I think he's going to speak to you. I think he's going to tell you what it looks like for you to get in the water, to be a little bit uncomfortable, to take a risk, to get yourself out there among people that don't know him. I think he'll tell you what it looks like. So here's, here's two questions that you can ask yourself as we get ready to be done. I want you to ask yourself, Holy Spirit, what does it look like for me to get in the water? Not my neighbor, not the person in the row next to me. What does it look like, Holy Spirit, for me to get in the water? What do you want me to do? What risk do you want me to take? And second question is, how can I begin to cast my net? How can I begin to cast my net? Because we can't, we can't do one without the other. And we've all seen what that looks like. The people that try to cast a net from a distance that aren't actually in people's lives, it doesn't really work that well. So we're called to be in relationship and in proximity, but not just in proximity and never cast our net. At some point, we have to open up our mouths and cast a net. So I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, what does that look like for me to get in the water? And what does it look like for me to cast my net? And I believe he's going to speak to you. I believe he'll tap you on your shoulder and you will know. And the question will be, man, can we be bold and take a step? But we are called to be fishers of human beings in this time and place. And I think we're called to fish this way, the Jesus way. Amen. Would you stand up for, uh, with me? It's time for us to go. I want to pray for us. Jesus, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. And um, God, I just pray that you would show us what this looks like. Like these questions that we ask, God, would you show us what it looks like to fish like this? To fish like you. To get in the water. To be close in proximity in, with people that we're trying to reach. Would you show us what it looks like to begin to cast our net? I believe you're going to speak to my friends and speak to me this week and give us courage and boldness to do that. And God, anything that I said today that was just me, would you let that just like melt away? But would your words stick in our hearts and challenge us and encourage us as we go this week? That's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, God. Love you. We hope you've been encouraged and inspired. For more information or to submit a prayer request, please go to denverunited.com.